And we just finished with episode five, Endure and Survive. Um, and I am here with my friend Casey. He is the uh, the star of the show this week as uh, the others could not make it, um, either due to uh, technical errors. Uh, we lost that blonde bastard Peterson to that. Um, and then the others, it's just cowardice. So. Well, hey, you don't have to bleep everything out this episode. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a nice thing. <laughs> to be fair, I've probably bleeped myself more than I've bleeped him. That's impressive. That's showing <laughs> restraint. Well done, Peterson. Right. So, uh, just first impressions on this episode. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. Yeah, I. Uh, I did not see. I mean, I, I. I saw like the broad strokes of that episode coming, but what I didn't expect. And I think this is a byproduct of having played the game and experienced the story. I didn't expect how much of a gut punch that was going to be. It was it was a huge gut punch in, in in multiple ways too. You know, the first kind of episode of this arc was hopeful in that hey, they've overthrown you know Fedra, these, these evil you know evil Nazi government, according to Nick Offerman. And <laughs> then in this episode, we see oh. The oppressed, when they gain their freedom, become the oppressor. Mm. And it, it was shown more in full force. And I was like, man, you know, this just shows how bleak humanity has become. I think that was the whole point of, of this group of people who, um, you know, overthrew Federal was just kind of to also show how humanity has fallen even further. And then Henry, and I'm sorry, what was the kid's name? Again? Sam. Sam, Henry and Sam, you're rooting for him the whole time. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, nothing happens to him. Something happens. It's kind of like Game of Thrones where like you meet someone and you're like, oh, I like this person. Oh, no. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Actually, there were a few kind of Game of Thronesy things that I noticed about this this episode, Uh, like um, Kathleen's big monologue where at the end of it you're like i don't like this person but i get this person yeah yeah i i I liked her character i know she's she was not in the game uh and that shows skill to you know bring in a character uh that was not originally part of the story and for her to fit into the the story yeah yeah to fit in a in a level um in a larger or in a smaller level from the game, they kind of gave it more, uh, more scope. So I want to just go over, uh, just a couple things real quick. Um, overall, what worked for me, uh, was the, uh, the overall spectacle of the episode, I think, um, delivered and satisfied just very perfectly what we've been kind of feeling like we're missing the last few episodes. Um, especially when we finally, get to some infected here because i know there there have been people who have complained um not mentioning any names ben shapiro uh (laughs) who have complained about there not being enough zombies in this quote zombie show and if you can say that after watching this episode then you probably shouldn't just you probably should just stop watching yeah there's 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 a just a couple of zombies it almost felt like uh world war z Uh uh-huh uh, Especially because they're fast. Them all crawling out. Yeah, they were fast and and 
Yeah. Um, so the spectacle worked for me. Um, very good character work, as we've come to expect from this this series. And we we build relationships very fast, and we get the audience hooked and invested in these characters very fast. And this this episode continued that trend with with Henry and Sam. They make Sam um, younger in this uh, iteration than he is in the game because in the game he's pretty much Ellie's age. And I actually liked him being a little younger. They they made right. Sam or sorry, and they made Henry more of a kid as well. He he struck me as a little bit younger, uh, both in just overall like how he looked, but uh, how he behaved mainly. We we see them, you know, they wake up Joel and Ellie, and he's just so inexperienced. You know, he's he gives sam a gun and sam's like pointing it all willy-nilly he doesn't know what to do and he's like oh you know he was confused and childish and amateur and then we see joel who's just controlling the whole situation without henry realizing it when we see uh we see what growing up and not knowing any other world from the qz does to somebody Okay, so what worked for me, the general spectacle, the character work, uh, it, the production design, of course, is top notch, as, as we've come to expect. There are some things that I think are just always going to work in this show, and uh, and that was definitely one of them. Um, things that didn't work for me. Really, it's just one thing, and I'm still kind of back and forth on it, but it's Ellie's thoughts and behavior at the end of the episode just seemed a little too dumb for her character. But we, we're going to talk about that because I don't, like I said, I'm back and forth on it. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, ma- mainly because like I had my hands on my face and I was being like, this is so dumb. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, but it did definitely have like a, a very uh, it prompted an emotional reaction for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, in that way, it worked. But I don't know. It, <laughs> logically, I, this was a, a moment where emotion definitely trumped logic. Absolutely. And I think that was the point. As this episode progresses, you fall in love with Henry and Sam. And so so does Ellie. And to an extent, even Joel. Mm-hmm. comes to respect Sam uh, and and trusts Sam with Ellie, which yeah. is impressive for, for Joel. Uh, and I think that was really it, was just Ellie has a friend who's not Joel. As much as we all love Pedro Pascal, Joel's an ass. <laughs> um, and to have a little a little friend like Sam... I think was would just made Ellie stupid, you know. Sure, she, she was like became desperate to to have this friend, and I'll try anything. I'll cut my hand open and rub my blood all over your cut. And I was like, oh, not, oh, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we've kind of talked about a lot of key points in the episode. I think it's best if we just yeah. uh, kind of. Uh, backtrack a little bit and then and yeah, then uh, that's our point, let's not <laughs> spoil the whole thing early 
So we start right off in the middle of a protest that has turned violent. We see the horrifying lynching of a FEDRA agent. Uh, and I think you you mentioned that. And you were like, oh, oh great. We have, <laughs> we have lynching. And I was, as soon as I got to that part, I was like, oh, man, this is bleak. <laughs> uh, and we see Henry hiding with his younger brother, Sam, who is deaf. This is very interesting. Sam is not deaf in the game. If you tune in uh, for the after the episode bit, um, we you hear Neil Druckmann talking about Craig Mazin came to him with every deviation and was like, what if we did this? Uh, would this would this work? And they have this system where they're like, if a deviation would make something better, then we did it. If it would make something worse or wouldn't change it, then we didn't do it. So it's very, very interesting to see them make the choice for Sam to be deaf, um, first of all, because of just the the implications that that would have for their survival. And also, it connects to something that I've loved to talk about on this podcast, which is representation. Uh, and especially since the actor who plays Sam is a deaf actor, uh, that's especially cool, I think. Yeah, I think that's so important to, one, make those changes. You know, this isn't a shot-for-shot remake of the video game. If you want the video game, go play the video game. Right. (laughs) This is is an adaptation. This is telling the story from a different voice and a different medium, and things need to to change to fit. Um, Adding that character up to, 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 to Sam, making him deaf, one, again, it, it, it connects the audience in another way, um, and it helps us, um, again, fall in love with these characters more, even if it's a, a, a sympathy grab for some people or, like, relatable. You know, there are, there's a portion of, of people who will watch the show who are deaf, and they, they appreciate that they're there. They're in this story as much as anyone else. I remember reading about how much coda the the best picture winner from last year uh resonated and impacted the the deaf community and made them feel seen and i think that that is that's the goal of representation right people want to feel seen they want to see themselves in something so it's really cool to see that uh, a deaf character was included in this that they were a sympathetic character and that they actually played a big part in the in the story that was wonderful. So we see Henry hiding out with Sam. Um, Kathleen, uh, as we learned in the previous episode, uh, resents Sam for for ratting them out to Fedra and getting her brother killed. Uh, so she's questioning a group of uh, potential informants. She, uh, someone mentions that she's with someone named Edelstein, um, probably the doctor that we were talking to in the last episode, if I had to take a guess. Uh, so she sent, she wants to send out, she wants to send everybody out to, to find Henry, you know, like Gary Oldman in The Professional. She wants to send out everyone! <laughs> uh, but her, uh, her henchman, Perry, uh, isn't, he doesn't want to go on a vengeance quest. He's not interested in that. He doesn't think it's the best use of their time and resources. And she has this really good line where she says, Henry is not my seventh priority, Perry. Is that what he is to you? And I'm like, okay, yeah, you hate him. We get it. (laughs) Uh, And then she just freaking ruthlessly makes Perry kill everybody. 
all of all of the captured potential informants they have. Like I said, when the oppressed become free, they become the oppressors. That was pure vengeance. I mean, as she said, oh, we'll put you on trial. It's okay. You know, you'll serve some time and you'll get out. They get out of the room. Oh, when you kill them all, just burn the bodies. It's quicker. Yep. Oh, my gosh. She's <laughs> yep. horrible. And we see uh, throughout this episode, we see a lot of examples of what love leads people to do both good and bad and also going in- back to the pilot of uh, of the, the the show troy baker was talking about that you know he says yeah. this is a love story this is a story that tells you or shows you the awful awful things people will do for love and every episode has has shown that thus far that's that's the core theme for sure is love mm-hmm. And we see we see that that motivates pretty much every action that we see. So we have that bleak crap uh, and follow that up with Henry and Sam hiding out. They're in this awful looking safe house that just is drab and terrible. And Henry gives Sam some uh, some paints and some crayons and paper and stuff to decorate the place. And I think that's a really cool, uh, really cool moment helps endear us to both of these guys the drawings were you know i'm guessing henry as the superman there as the superhero and and sam and you know it shows their 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 bond and 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 sam you know how sam views henry throughout all this henry is is sam's savior and then you know as as they're getting ready to leave uh i just love that that nice moment when when henry grabs the the paint and puts the superhero mask on Uh and they're like oh that's you know that's such a boost to to sam's confidence in such a terrifying situation at first i thought it was war paint and i mean it kind of is but it's more like you said it's 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 the superhero mask it's to make him feel uh empowered it's very it's, it's really cool so we we cut to them ambushing joel and ellie and henry's like look we don't want to hurt you we want to help you i'm trying to help you as i point this gun at your face (laughs) we find out it's not loaded though so you know that's good everyone's got a poker face oh maybe my favorite maybe my favorite line in the whole thing is henry's feeling threatened by joel and ellie's like no 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 he just has a whole voice that's what he's like And and then she's like, Joel, tell him everything's okay. And then Joel's like, everything's great. She's like, really, man? <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's just the thing I, I love about this show is that relationship between Joel and Ellie. Right. You know, in, in episode three, uh, Joel is all stern with Ellie. You know, what I what you do what I say when I say, repeat it. And Ellie just goes, what you say goes like she doesn't repeat it. She doesn't do what he says. <laughs> and now they reverse it here. And it's like, Joel, say everything's a- say it's OK. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Joel, you freaking ass. <laughs> uh, so in they, they get acquainted. They share food. Um, Henry says that he can help them get out of the city in the morning and shares his story with Joel. Uh, he talks about how he wasn't one of the Fedra soldiers. He says he was worse. He says, I was a collaborator. 
Uh, and, and Joel is like, whoa, no, 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 I don't work with rats. And Henry's like, yeah, yeah you do. Today you do. And it's established that they need each other if they're all going to get out of Kansas City alive. And Henry's like, I've never killed anyone. And pointing a gun at you was the closest I've been to getting violent. When when they were in their hideout, they hear the, the, the gunshots and, and Henry looks out. That's right. And he sees the, the, the gunfight with, with Joel and Ellie. He knows Joel's a, a killer. And yep. he goes, I, can, I know Joel can get Sam and I to safety. I want a barnacle to this guy because he knows what he's yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he explains his plan to Joel by having Sam write tunnels on his little dry erase board. You know, he, he talks about the tunnels that are under Kansas City, the the maintenance tunnels and how they can take it out to the suburbs. And Joel's like, that's the best plan. You, this, this is your best plan. Henry's like, no, this is my diciest f- plan. <laughs> it it reminded me of that scene in argo where uh i can't remember who who ben affleck is talking to but they're like they're like uh is all you have bad ideas and then it's like unfortunately this is the best bad idea we have it it goes relatively uneventful too you know they're like all right this is our best option let's let's get going they leave and it's it's kind of it's kind of nice you know they have that wonderful moment of ellie and sam playing soccer and like oh you know they they play soccer and they pull out comic books oh you have this issue i have this issue more of ellie becoming the big sister you know like i've got a friend i've got a friend you know this is great and we love these characters more and they they make it out of the tunnels okay i go oh yeah it's a happy ending for the episode <laughs> uh yeah you know you know that they can't get away with that so they get they go into these tunnels and right away you see the hubris of henry mm-hmm. where he's like see it was a great plan and joel's like we just got down here we've been down here for like two seconds um so they they yeah, and they find this uh what, what you were mentioning with them playing soccer they find this little uh this little chamber where clearly a bunch of survivors had their camp set up and I just wanted to point out uh, the art direction in this scene is so reminiscent of of the game. It, it, I felt like uh, I felt like Leo DiCaprio and that Leo DiCaprio pointing meme. Like I know that. <laughs> uh, and especially with the with the the goal thing with the soccer, uh, you know, mm. their makeshift soccer goal. And I was like, oh, please, like interact with that. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a great scene yeah yeah well and i love uh what what joel says when they get in there it's like where do you think all the people went and joel's like they probably didn't follow the rules and they probably got killed well yeah and uh who would know that better than than joel you know right he's he was he was alive before the fungus he's the only one in this room who probably was henry was may have been alive but he was a young young guy you know yeah i mean probably a, a baby father of the oldest you know yeah and he didn't remember you know uh, this just makes it um it raises the stakes and, and it we, establishes we, that this is a world where you can't make mistakes exactly when you make mistakes people die you're done yep um so the uh well Ellie and Sam are uh, are bonding over a comic book, which is such a cute scene, by the way. Uh, 
Joel and Henry are talking and Henry talks about how he only snitched on Kathleen's brother so that Fedra would give him medicine for Sam. We find out that Sam had leukemia and there was one medicine that was working and Fedra had it. So he had to do something. And um, Kathleen either doesn't know this or she does know and she doesn't care. We see here uh, another example of of the lengths that people go to for love or as Jamie Lannister says, the things we do for love. Uh, <laughs> we know how that went. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we see that Henry Henry knew full well what he was doing when he when he snitched on them. Like he, he knew what that meant, but Sam was more important. And we see that Kathleen, Kathleen has to know that there are better uses for their resources than hunting two people. But her brother was more important. I think that's an interesting dynamic. I, it's Kathleen's brother was sacrificed so that Henry's brother wasn't, you know, right. if the roles were switched, I think it would have probably come out very, a, a very similar um, story, you know, um, we see again. we see Kathleen's relentless pursuit of vengeance, right? It it blinds her to everything. And I think that's like Craig Mazin was talking about, like Neil Druckmann was talking about, that's what love can do to somebody. Well, we have this nice scene where we're trying to like Kathleen when, when she goes to her mom's house and goes to her childhood bedroom and Perry's looking for her or Tommy or whoever he is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Perry, um, and, uh, he, he was Tommy in the game though. He was Tommy in the game. That was yeah. it. Um, and, uh, he asked, what are we doing here? Because I grew up, this was my safe haven, you know, and we learn she was just a child, you know, and, and, and she was scared and her brother, her big brother protected her and made her feel safe and now it's just exactly the same thing with henry and sam sam is terrified and 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 henry is trying to build this box to protect sam mm-hmm. and it's it's uh to quote george lucas it's it's sort of like poetry it rhymes <laughs> i was wondering how long we were going to make it before one of us quoted star wars oh well. <laughs> i tried no, that's fair. Uh, it's a it's a good quote too. Well, and we, another thing that we see in The Last of Us, it's kind of a staple, is taking or establishing dynamics between characters, and then showing characters with the same dynamic, a, a parallel, and showing how things turn out when when different choices are made or when something is done slightly differently, uh, mm-hmm. or we see two people establish a dynamic and then we see two other people with that same dynamic and the first people take that away. Um, we see, we see that all the time in the last of us is, is these parallel dynamics and how, what happens when one of them is twisted. It's usually not a good outcome either. It's no. Very well, bleak. If it is a, if it, if it is a good outcome, it's usually not a good story. So then we, uh, we get to, we get through the through the the tunnels and out into the suburbs, and it seems like everything's gone great. 
And then we have an encounter with a sniper. And let me tell you something, in The Last of Us games, snipers are just a big son of a and, and this guy isn't this guy isn't any different. He's he's uh he's something else. <clears throat> well, at least he was a bad, bad shot. He must have been uh, a stormtrooper in a Star Wars movie or something. <laughs> It'd be just, funny if we found out that he actually hit. was. That would be funny. I'd, I'd laugh really. Uh, uh, I mean, for, for story reasons, he was a bad shot. Yeah. Um, we have we have some plot armor. <laughs> we we were so we were so happy we're like oh good they're safe they're out they're in the suburbs and there's you know henry subers yeah oh let's talk loudly let's go let's tell her he's like my now. plan worked it worked perfectly nobody's out here nobody's been out here for years and you're like dude just shut up <laughs> this this is a last of us episode it's not gonna end well okay <laughs> yeah man did you even play the last of us games stupid henry oh wait no it's it was 2003 when the infection started they didn't have the last of us yet so they they run into this sniper and joel trusts ellie's safety with henry and sam uh which again you, you said shows that that trust that he's developing with them and he runs around to uh to try and and flank the sniper right and it's basically a quick time event because he does it almost immediately pretty quick and you're like oh that was cool and just like whenever you say that in a last of us episode you know it's about to go down as soon as we see the 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 lights from the cars coming i half expected to hear fortunate son start playing (laughs) (laughs) it's not going well kathleen comes in she's like i love the smell of mushrooms in the morning It wasn't a victory in her case. Kathleen and the and the brigade roll up and it crashes into a house and catches on fire, uh, which, of course, you know, provides good atmospheric lighting for any scene. And she comes out. Kathleen comes out and she starts giving a bad guy speech. Right. Um, and, and it's worth noting just how spot on the casting of Melanie Linsky was for this part. And she has this this warmth to her that has been almost maternal kind of warmth that has been twisted into something into something ugly she's a likable woman you know she's very charismatic these people follow her for a reason Uh, but she's we're all we're we're seeing is her just turning darker and darker and darker and uh becoming a psychopath uh to get vengeance for her brother yep um you totally get the sense that kathleen in another universe could be a great person Mm -hmm. um great person very caring very uh nurturing well and she probably was up until they decided you know what we're done fedra you know and she has this new power and she doesn't know what to do with it yet yeah, well, and there's this poignant moment where um, earlier in the episode where where Sam asks Joel, so what, do you think I'm justified or do you think I'm the bad guy? And he's like, I did a bad thing. That makes me the bad guy. And Joel has this look on his face like, that's not so cut and dry. Again, showing the uh, naivete of uh, uh, Henry. You know, he's he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know... 
anything. He's lived in this oppressed life his his entire life. Right. He doesn't know what's right and what's wrong yet. Right. He never really got the chance to, you know, he was just doing what he was told most of his life. So we see Kathleen giving this speech. It's like, come on out, Henry. You're like, you're only making it worse for yourself. And Henry says, I'll come out, but just you promise me you'll let the kids go. And Kathleen says, no, the girl is with the guy who killed Brian and Sam's with you. And she says that with this like sickly sweet, this sickly sweet tone that was really off putting. Like she's like, yeah, I get you. I understand. Not going to happen again. Kind of almost like a motherly tone Mm -hmm. and the way she says it or like a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You kind of get some umbrage vibes from her. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Except she's not anywhere near as sickly sweet as umbrage. (laughs) Not quite she has this really interesting line where she says, I know why you did what you did. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, there's the thesis statement for the entire show. Uh, (laughs) She's like, I know why you did what you did, but did you ever stop to think that maybe Sam was supposed to die? And I was like, Whoa, hold on. (laughs) Let's pump the brakes on that for a second. And she says, do you think this world revolves around him that he's worth everything? And I almost wanted Henry to be like, wasn't your brother worth everything? That's the point, right? I mean, right. she's having not just her world, all of Kansas City world is now revolved around vengeance for her brother. Yep. It's 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 this classic thing where the villain is crusading against something without realizing that they're doing it, that they're guilty of it. She became the very thing she swore to destroy. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to do like a Star Wars reference tally, I think. (laughs) Henry reveals himself. He has his hands up and she and no, Melanie Linsky could be nominated for an Emmy for this episode. Honest, honestly, because just the look she has when she takes the gun out, she has this look like, oh, I didn't want to have to do this. But it's very like it's like almost eating. (laughs) Well, it's it's almost the same look I give my daughter when I'm when she takes the cookies down. I'm like, no, you you've had enough cookies. You know, I know you want them. She's like, I want more cookies. You've had enough. Now it's time to not eat cookies. It's the same. <laughs> you've had enough life there, Henry. It's time for you to not have any more life. You know? <laughs> it's, time, it's time for <laughs> I'd love Ryan George okay. to show up in this episode. It's time for you to not be an alive person anymore. <laughs> I, I she didn't even like flinch. She didn't even hesitate. She's just like sucks to suck today for you, but eh, you know, pulls the gun out and she's about to shoot him when all of a sudden we hear some rumbling and we see uh, the truck that crashed into the house get swallowed into the earth. <laughs> Never a good sign. No, I can't think of a single instance where a sinkhole was a good thing. Maybe in the Simpsons movie, it ended up being a good thing. I haven't seen that movie, actually. So. Oh, well, you should. It's it's pretty good. I, I'm uncultured. I know. The, the camera zooms after the truck is is swallowed. The camera zooms in on the hole and you're just bracing yourself. You're ready. And it we turns all know out, what's about to happen. But it turns out you're not ready because we see popping out very fast 
more infected than we've seen in any episode and more infected than you see in any encounter of the game. It, it was a, it, it really did remind me of. Um, oh, now I forgot the name of that movie. Uh, World, World War Z. Z. Yeah. When I mean, it, they just come out in droves and they're so fast and they're climbing all over each other to just cause absolute mayhem. And like literally all hell breaks loose. There's fire, there's gunshots, there's explosions. There's clickers. We don't know what's going on. There's clickers. Well, and the, th- the thing that I love that they did with uh, with their sparing use of the infected so far is we saw how much of a challenge and a struggle it was to take down two clickers in the museum. And so now when we see dozens of them coming out of the ground, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> we're screwed and and yep. and 90 percent of them were you know? yeah <laughs> yeah and so they just start devouring everybody they start going to town it's a free-for-all yep. and then we hear a roar and out comes maybe the most impressive infected we've seen so far the the, the effects in this series are so good that it's hard to make any kind of absolute statement like that. Uh, But we see what's called a bloater. And in the game, bloaters throw big balls of spores at you. Uh, And those, you know, those can cause a lot of damage, right? Uh, In this version, it's basically just like if Dwayne the Rock Johnson became an infected. (laughs) (laughs) Fair way to put it. Um, like it immediately slams one guy down it picks someone up and i don't know probably takes a bite out of him or something um it rips perry's head clean off yeah oh my gosh <laughs> what well, i love okay one thing i love about how this show does violence is it leaves a lot more to your imagination than you might have anticipated right like we definitely do see some kind of graphic moments where people are getting eviscerated by by the infected but largely a lot of the violence is out of focus especially the part with perry's head getting ripped off um a lot of it is implied and it lets your mind do the work for you yeah it was it was it was terrifying and uh, uh it was gruesome but i i did like that that is a, a something they've done you know in the first episode we see you know grandma in the background just twitching same uh-huh. thing with Perry here he's he's in the background it's focused on um kathleen but yeah. you see that rip you know like, oh yeah ah. you see it and you hear it the sound design in this is really good it was fabulous it really made me <laughs> upset it really really just made me happy that um there's no fungus pandemic going on <laughs> today because I, I probably wouldn't fare any better than perry so we have we have we have dozens of infected ripping the raiders to shreds ellie running around trying to help henry and sam joel sniping infected from the window and it's all it's all choreographed and shot and edited so well this is probably the best action scene that we've seen so far it's up between this and the clicker sequence in the museum i'd say both are are very tense very well executed they're they're very different action scenes, you know. The uh-huh. uh, the the clicker scene is very personal, you know. It's it's three on two. It's in a, a very enclosed, tight space. Kind of this raptors in the kitchen more, vibes. Yeah, this is a lot more wide open. 
Um, I, one thing that I, 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 I want to point out about Joel sniping, he didn't give a about Sam and Henry in that scene. Oh, he's, he he's, only he's, had eyes on Ellie and yep. he was only protecting her. Yeah, he's all about protecting yeah. Ellie. He he's very much like, I've got to protect Ellie. I'm on a mission. If I can protect Henry and Sam, I will. But yeah, but uh, if it's between them and Ellie, I will save Ellie. And that's again where we see that paternal instinct kicking in, right? Well, and Henry mentions that earlier too. Like, you may not be her father, but you're someone's. That's a great line. Yeah, that was a great, great yeah. little moment there. Yeah, so we have all this pandemonium going on, uh, and oh, we have a scene it, with Ellie in like an SUV or a van or something, uh, where a little infected girl that has turned into a clicker breaks in. And I've got to tell you, there weren't child clickers in the games. Seeing this is very upsetting. And that, like they have they have her wearing like a Blue's Clues T-shirt. And when Ellie like makes it out of the van, you know, we see her little hands up on the up on the glass. It's horrifying and it's upsetting and it's sad. And I like don't want to talk about it, but I do at the same time because it's just loaded with pathos. Very much so. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, again, another reason why I'm so grateful this is uh, fiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you do when you face that? You know who that kid used to be. Mm-hmm. Or, or what, you know, you know what that clicker used to be. That little clicker used to be a kid. Yeah, it, it was very, it's, you know, obviously it's a very intentional choice that they made to have this specific effect uh, to upset me. So, Damn you, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Uh, but it was excellent work. <laughs> Henry and Sam uh, make it out of the infected pile just in the nick of time. And they uh, regroup with Joel and Ellie. And they're about to head out. And Kathleen Kathleen stops them. She's like, hey, hold, up, hold it. And, you know, she has a gun trained on them. And that was the moment where, like, out loud, I was like, oh, come on, dude. And and this is the moment where I think more than anything, you see just how blinded Kathleen is by her relentless pursuit of vengeance. She doesn't give a damn about all the people getting killed behind her. This is personal. Right. It's personal. It's it, yeah, it's it's a blinding her, her, you know, her right hand man, Perry, just had his head chopped off. She didn't bat an eyelash. Nope. She was like, OK, well, got to go kill Henry now. Not enough blood on the on the streets tonight. Let's let's add a little more. I'll I'll walk home. You know, <laughs> all my cars are on fire. I'll walk home. I don't care. In in a different world, and this is what's so fascinating is the fact that there are not a lot of good people and bad people, heroes and villains, in this world of The Last of Us. In another timeline in another universe Kathleen could have been a very powerful ally for Joel and Ellie absolutely because her 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 intense commitment and loyalty uh proved to be her weakness in this episode but in in other situations they could be a strength and uh and as we see here uh it is ultimately what leads to her undoing the clicker girl the little girl clicker jumps on her from behind and that's when it's over for her 
right? He's dumb. Yeah, a she's... little abrupt. I, I I was I was surprised at how quickly that whole situation just resolved itself. Well, you know yeah. when when the girl starts chowing down on Kathleen's face, uh, Joel and company are like, "Okay, we're gonna get out of here." Like she's occupied, so we're gonna we're gonna leave. Uh, and then the camera, uh, the camera tilts up, and we see that the infected are not. You know, the, the infected have made quick work of Kathleen and her and her team. And I think that we uh, we see here exactly how humanity fell to ruin. Right. In a couple of days. Yep, because it was it was most likely a lot of situations like this. Yeah. So so Joel and company make it to uh, to a, a motel and they're all just kind of camping out. Joel and and Henry in one room, Ellie and Sam in the other. And um, Joel, in a really like human moment, tells Henry, like, we're, we're I don't know how we're going to get to Wyoming, probably walking. Uh, but if you guys want to come with us, like, you're welcome to. And I'm like, already Joel is showing change. There's no way in hell he would have said that at the beginning of the series. Oh, no. He probably wouldn't have hesitated to just kill him as soon as, you know, he knew they weren't going to kill him. Right. He probably wouldn't have thought twice. I mean, we see that in the first episode. He carelessly just throws a child's body into the fire. You know, he's him. not. He's done more bad guy things than Henry. But we still view Joel as a good guy. And in my, just, this is just an aside, but in my favorite moment in episode one, he absolutely bodies Ellie against a wall without even checking to see who's oh. attacking him. <laughs> I felt that hit. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I had to like go back and watch it a couple more times. I remember we kept, we kept talking about, you know, the sound design was just, we felt that thud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So they're so they're in this they're in this motel, and Joel and Henry are having a good conversation. And we see uh, Ellie and Sam um, talking uh, using Sam's little dry erase board in in their room, and they have this really poignant conversation where Sam says, "Like you don't seem like you're scared," and Ellie writes, you know, I'm scared all the time. And she says, I'm scared of being alone. And she asks him what he's scared of. And uh, by the way, this uh, this deaf child actor is excellent. Um, his facial performance is 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 so good. Yeah. And honestly, this this thing could be up for a whole this thing could be up for a whole slew of Emmys it's it's going to be it's i don't see very many weak spots in the show so far like it could be it could be nominated in every acting category probably Um, will actually yeah and uh so ellie asks sam what he's afraid of and he writes if you turn into a monster is it still you inside and just ellie's face like she immediately understands she gets it what happened and this moment doesn't happen in the game um in the game she and sam bond over this uh this toy that sam was going to take from a toy store 
and uh, Henry made him put it back. Um, and so oh. Ellie, Ellie reveals that she stole it and gives it to him. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good moment. And I think this moment works very well in each medium that it's presented in. Sam reveals that he's been bitten. He has a bite on his leg. And Ellie, this is the moment that I'm still kind of torn about. Uh, because for, first of all, if you were in a situation like this, the first thing that you would do when you get into that motel is check for bites. <clears throat> um, but they don't do that. Uh, again, maybe that's Henry's naivety, but it doesn't make sense that Joel doesn't do that. But uh, then Ellie has this moment where I, I really like this for her on the one hand, because it shows her taking action, taking initiative. And on the other hand, I was screaming at the screen like, no, this is so dumb um, because she says my blood is medicine and she takes out a knife. She cuts her hand and she rubs her blood on the wound. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's not how it works. But then again, like, when would she have been taught how blood transfusions work? Don't think she she ever was taught. You know, and and it was yeah, it was it was it was stupid. But again, the things we do for love, you know, we spend this whole episode falling in love with Sam and Henry, and so do do Joel and Ellie. They they. Uh, especially Ellie's, you know, she's, I, I have, I have a little, a little brother now, you know, if they're going to come with us to Wyoming, I'm going to open up to him. I'm going to, you know, and she, she does open up immediately with, with the characters that she's around. And, uh, she's just, she was desperate, mm -hmm. uh, to something work. You know, she doesn't know what's special about her. She doesn't know if this will work, but she just wants, to have a friend right and and i get i get that i get that um and uh, what I, I wanted more than anything for them to just go into the next room and tell joel and henry what had happened so that we could get what eventually comes over with uh and so this this scene where ellie tries desperately to save sam is ultimately very human because I got so mad at it. <laughs> well, remember, she's a kid, too. She is, know, she is. She is. She's a kid. And she's, I mean, kids do dumb things. And uh, it's just, it's, it's such a tragic moment. And I think that's why ultimately it works, even if I kind of maybe have some hangups about how they get to it it still lands with the force of a freight train dropped off of a skyscraper. <laughs> well, and because we know it's not going to work. Right. And so our anticipation is, you know, we know what's coming. Ellie doesn't. And, it's it's and kind that, of an omniscient point of view thing, right? Uh, we, we as the audience have information that the characters don't. In this case, we have information about how, uh, how story structure works. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sam writes this devastating thing on the on the dry erase board. He says, "Will you will you stay awake with me?" And that just gutted me. Like right. maybe more than anything in the episode. It's such like a 
childish thing. And it really just reminds you that this is a kid. Ugh. I'm, I'm getting upset just thinking about it. Um, so Ellie promises she'll stay awake with him. And what's the first thing we see? She fell asleep. She wakes up in the morning. She sees Sam sitting on the on the bed, silent. And she goes over and she's like, hey, man. And she you know nudges him on the shoulder. And we see that Sam has turned. He is he is one of the infected now, and he is trying to kill her. He's trying to, you know, he's he is trying to make her one of them. And their fight, you know, busts into the next room. Joel goes for a gun. Henry's quicker on the draw, and he holds it on Joel. And he's like, uh-uh, no, don't you dare. And meanwhile, you know, his, his little brother is uh, about to murder Ellie. He just will not let Joel point a gun at his brother. Um, just another, you know, things we do for love, right? And ultimately, we see that Henry, unlike Kathleen, Henry has not lost that much of his humanity. He shoots Sam to save Ellie. And it was so quick. It was just, it was shocking. You uh-huh. know, it was a really, really fast scene. That needed to be fast. If they'd slowed that down, made it more point, it wouldn't have been more poignant and it would have been more dramatic, but not um, meaningful. Uh, but because it was so quick, as soon as that shot is fired, again, credit to sound, you could hear a pin drop. It was uh-huh. silent. We all knew exactly what was about to happen next, too. Well, and, and, and you know, he is he is shocked he is devastated by what he just had to do and he asks uh he he says i can't remember if he says it more than once but he says what did i do you know kind of a what did i do to deserve this uh which is another just they're really good with gutting lines in this show and it's really impressive because none of the gutting lines are like big monologues right they're all really short sound bites i should say they're they're all like really short little sound bites yeah um, that, that just really get you right, right, right in the heart. Um, and so Henry uh, is so distraught that he turns the gun on himself and shoots in the game. We cut to black at that at that at that moment. Um, we cut to black. Uh, but instead, in this, we see Ellie's upset reaction and we see uh, we see them. We see her and Joel. Uh, shortly after burying the bodies um which is interesting because like joel at the beginning of the series doesn't seem like somebody who would take the time to have that to have that ceremony right well and joel was he was shocked at what happened you know after um henry shoots himself joel sits there and goes and he just goes oh my gosh you know yeah. What what just happened? Well, because it all happens so fast. Seriously, the whole scene has to be like maybe a minute, if that. If if that. Yeah. Um. And so they're burying the bodies, and Ellie takes Sam's little dry erase board, and she writes "I'm sorry" on it, and puts it on his on his resting place. And you know, Joel reads that, and he knows that something happened that she's not telling him. Uh, but she, you know, she asks, which way's west? 
and he kind of points that way and they continue their journey and but not before joel has this contemplative moment where he kind of realizes that this could be and in all likelihood is going to be him and ellie and i think this is the moment this right here is the moment where he realizes that that ellie is has begun to fill the void that sarah left in his life He's really becoming a father and and he's seeing, you know, Ellie deal with all of these losses that that he's dealt with. And he's just sitting there. He's he's full on father mode, I think, at the end of this episode going, you know, I've got to save this girl. I Mm -hmm. can't let her become me. Right. Yeah. Well, because every parent wants their kid to be better than them. Right. Exactly. Uh, sorry, I should say every good parent wants their kid to be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we see that with Joel. It's like he she has a chance at a better life, and I've got to get her there. Yeah. And and so that's where we leave the episode. Is they're they're continuing their journey west. This this little two episode stint in Kansas City. Uh, was just a chapter for them. It was ultimately just a roadblock. Um, but it was a roadblock with absolutely devastating consequences. It, it was harsh. It was, it was cold. It was an emotional roller coaster. Um, I, I, I imagine next is, is Wyoming. Uh, Missouri's not too far from Wyoming, but, uh, right. Um, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I haven't played the game, so I don't know if that is what's next. Uh, in the game, uh, after it cuts to black, when Henry shoots himself, uh, it, we, we fade in and they're in, they're in, or they're near Jackson, Wyoming. And another thing that I would like to point out is that we see from this episode and from, you know, a handful of moments in the other ones, the story of, henry of sam of kathleen of what's his name of perry is the status quo for this world Mm -hmm. this is this is the everyday so we see that juxtaposed with the beautiful love story that is episode three where we see two guys that that find purpose in each other and they win that's that's the exception that's not the rule there's not a lot of people doing that. It's a harsh, harsh world. Uh, and you, you take wins where you can get them. Yep. Um, and we see we see that this world is you, you take wins where you can get them because this world is defined by loss. And it's defined by misery and heartbreak. That's all anybody knows. Yep. So after kind of going through the episode, any any more uh, any more thoughts, any more reactions, uh, any predictions for for what we're going to see going forward? I have no idea what's what's going forward. I, I imagine we're going to see more loss with Tommy. Uh, you know, in the first episode, it didn't seem like Tommy and Joel had the greatest relationship to begin with. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see that dynamic. 
I'm interested to see how Ellie reacts to Joel being the one having a friend. Um, and Joel's got his own hubris too. Like, oh yeah, he's he's not he's not immune to it. Uh, I mean, his his hubris is essentially, I am the protector. That's what I do. Yeah, right? he's he's the muscle. Yep. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited. You know, we're about halfway through the season now, which is really upsetting. Um, I just want more. <laughs> yeah, it's I can't wait for next Sunday because we got to wait. You know. 10 days now instead of uh, just a week for the next episode so yep a lot yeah. to think about we may have to do another little mini episode sometime in the meantime yeah um but uh no i think overall this episode was uh was spectacular it was devastating it was uh moving and poignant it was kind of everything i want from a last of us episode um, and so I know you said before we started this that for you, it was probably your least favorite episode so far. It was one of my favorites. But I think when you're picking from, you know, a group of pretty solid like A's to A minuses. Yeah, by <laughs> no stretch are any of these episodes bad. They're all I, they're all incredible. And that's the thing about HBO is they don't half-ass a bunch of things. They whole-ass a few things. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, quoting our uh, quoting our our man, Nick Offerman. Yeah. But it was a, a really great episode. I haven't been doing number scores consistently, and I don't think I'm going to start. But what the hell? We'll, uh, we'll give this one. I'm going to give it like a 9 out of 10. I really, I, I think it was a ride. Yeah. My, my, my whole uh problem with the episode my big problem with the episode was um just how abrupt everything ended with kathleen um it just seemed a little too short i i think that could have been a little a little better handled um but i'm no writer so 8.5 8.7 cool somewhere over there yeah. getting into getting into a lot of small decimal points here well, 8.5 seems a little low, but 9 doesn't seem quite, you know, <laughs> honest. Sure. <laughs> no, but it's good. It's good stuff. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to talking with you. And uh, until then, on with the movies. Au revoir.